Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. All right, all right. Bless the Lord. Isn't the Lord good tonight? Isn't he faithful? Do you sense his presence here? Man, I sense the, just the, the, the tangible presence of the Lord. Um, that it's, he's all we need. He's all we need. So, um, man, I don't, all right, you can have your seats. <laughs> don't, don't want to leave that atmosphere, huh? Um, man, so grateful. You know, I never actually, uh, I never get the chance to shout out our worship team, but I'm so, so grateful for them. They're amazing. And then uh, Christina and Danielle just leading us tonight just, uh, just so powerfully. Um, so proud of them. Um, I did teach them. I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. I did not. Um, all right. So um, like every time, I, I am so grateful to be up here to share um, and to minister uh, tonight from this stage. So I just want to shout out our pastors, our whole pastor t- pastoral team. Um, they are the best in the world. And we're just so privileged to have them, right? All right. So, um, yeah, tonight I'm, I want to talk about something um, that we all love, and that's um, that's change. It, it's in the family of change. But how many love change? Not like two hands went up. All right. I actually, I do like change, uh, to be honest. Um, I mean, sometimes it hurts because, right, we want, we want something to stay the same. We like consistency. Um, but if we're honest, oftentimes um, we want things to stay the same. And we, we you know, we, we like the same, same habits, same routines. Um, there's a certain rhythm to life, but inevitably things are going to change. Um, you're going to get a new job. Um, friends will move away. Um, holiday traditions are going to shift. There's, you know, family dynamics. Things change. Um, it's just an, inevitable. Um, the name of your church might change one day. Um, <laughs> things happen. Um, but there's something about change that's so refreshing, and that's why I like change. It, it's like a, it's like a reset. Um, it's an establishment of something brand new, new structures, better systems. Um, for me, that's why I personally love change. You ever like change around your furniture in your home, and it's like it's brand new, it's fresh. Okay, you're you're with me on that, right? It's, if things stay the same, though, there would be honestly there'd be like a dullness to life. Things would just kind of be like the same old, same old. Um, predictability can set in. Uh, things get stale when they're left alone. Um, in the same way as life around us is meant to change, um, so it is with our level of maturity. Our maturity should have an upward and forward trajectory. Trajectory, uh, You know, the pace is different for everyone. We're all different walks of life, different, uh, different levels, um, just different places in life altogether. But growth should be happening. Our relationship with Jesus is unto making us more like him. So there's this progressive there's this process there's this um, forward movement but as believers maturity requires work just like one who frequents the gym um, you know when you're lifting weights when you're when you're working out you're you're moving things you have to get it going you have to get it moving you have to put some stress some strain on the muscles to to lift it um, you know increasing with each workout and so I want to talk about three ways that we can embrace process. Not as a means to a a particular destination, um, but as a continual method to pursue Jesus. And so we've all heard the phrase, you know, it's, it's not, it's about the destination or it's about the journey, not the destination. So ultimately heaven is a destination, but here on earth, 
It's our walk with the Lord. It, that's the process. It's the pursuit of God that's never ending. It's, it's supposed to be it's a long lasting. There's going to be twists and turns along the way, but the presence of Jesus is with us the entire time. So the three things I want to talk about tonight, how waiting is day by day. And change and process, it's a day by day thing. Maturity requires a renewed mind. And then really briefly, I want to talk about the maturity means we have a spiritual covering. So before, uh, before I pray, I want to read Psalms 119, verse 1 through 11. It says this, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, they do not, they only, and they only walk in his paths. You have charged us to keep, of your, to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your, as I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Man, such a good psalm. Uh, let's pray tonight. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that's here tonight. Your life-changing, your powerful presence is here tonight. Pray that as we, as we listen to your word, Holy Spirit, that you would teach, you instruct your people with this message tonight. Let's just be another moment, another opportunity to grow in the faith, to increase our full submission to you. Would you have your way in this place and in us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, when I talk about process, I want you to think about the development of your spiritual life. Um, embracing process can apply to so many different areas in our life. You know, we're disciplines, disciplines of, of waking up early and not going to bed, not binging uh, stranger things till two in the morning, right before we have to come to service on Sunday. Um, but so many... Well, as we embrace the spiritual process with the Lord, it can actually affect so many areas of our life for the better. Um, waiting is day-to-day. Number one, waiting is day-to-day. Um, I don't know about you, but I really don't like waiting for something, um, especially, uh, especially when it comes to food. When you're hungry, you're just hungry, right? You don't want to wait for it. You don't want to think about it. And you're like, I, I just need... I, I think that's why they have this, the Snickers commercial. It's like, you know, when you're not, you're not you when you're hungry. So... <laughs> you know, grab a Snickers and it'll, it'll hold you over. But, um, you know, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not, I'm not much of a cook, um, unfortunately. I wish I was. I wish I was just this, um, you know, master chef like Gordon Ramsay, but I'm not. Um, but when I'm hungry, I don't want to even think about, like, what can I do to prepare? What, what ingredients do I have? I just, like, I need it now. So uh, Chipotle is just, like, my go-to desperation meal. It's, it's just that chicken bowl with the chips and the medium sauce on the side. It just, it, it quenches, or it just satisfies my every uh, hunger, my every need. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, waiting is not just like a part of like most of our, our strong suits, right? We don't like to wait. If I took a poll, I'd venture to say that most of us don't like to wait. We want things now. Um, but waiting is an inescapable component to life. Um, you see it in Hollywood, right? We, you, you have the child actors. Um, they get success at a young age, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they get the millions. They get the fame. 
And all of a sudden, like, their, their innocence goes away. And they're just thrown into this, like, wide, wide world of, of fame and, and, and money. And they don't really have the character to back up the life it, it is to have a dedication to the craft of acting or, or any, anything, anything like that. And so, um, speaking of Stranger Things, um, which is really actually, like, one of my favorite shows. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the older characters, David Harbour... Uh, plays Jim Hopper, and he recently spoke about it just because uh, the latest season came out, and so they're having interviews about it. And uh, he talked about how he's kind of he's saddened by his younger co-stars; they didn't have a childhood. It, the season one of, of on Netflix just like um, it was an instant hit, and so you got these young kids who all of a sudden have money, they get signed these contracts, and all of a sudden they they're just thrown into this uh, this fame and. They don't have a normal childhood. Their, their innocence is taken away to some degree, right? Um, and so I, I don't know why he said that, but I, I'd venture to say it's probably because um, you need to kind of work for, you need, you need to earn your keep, right? You need to understand um, the importance of hard work, not entitlement, you know, pride or arrogance can set in, all those things. We've seen it in Hollywood, right? We can, I can name a couple, but I won't. Um, but when I think about... Um, the patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, these are these uh, highly revered men of God, right? We, we read about it in Genesis, Exodus, and, and the Torah, um, the first five books uh, of the Bible. Um, and we read about them, we, we, you know, we mention them like these are mighty men of God, and, the, and they are, and they are. Um, Hebrews talks about how these are, are men of faith in chapter 11, um, and we will continue to refer them as heroes of our faith because they are. And Abraham is specifically known as the father of our faith. He chose to believe God's promises when all the facts didn't add up. Um, and so, uh, but there's a small detail I think that we kind of miss. We kind of, uh, I think it's easy to miss. And so as we read through some verses, chap- one chapter to the next, we actually, what you find is like you're covering years and decades of time. Like, all of a sudden it's like, and he had this child, and then he had this child. And, he had th- and it's like, how did... Are we missing the, the details? What happened here? Um, and so we, we just read over it. So what's my point? What's my point on this? Is that we don't get to see the process. We just hear about Moses. We hear about Abraham. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a man of God. But we don't, we don't get the, we, we're not privy to the small details. The moments of doubt, the moments of questioning. Um, we get to see the pivotal moments. We get, where we get an insight to uh, the mighty move of God. We get to see how God used them we get to skip over those years um, of, of questioning and doubt. And so it's the in-betweens that we don't see. And it's in the in-betweens where development and maturity has its work in us. So I, I say this often to, um, I say this often to, to those in, in their 20s because I can say that now because I'm in my 30s. Um, <laughs> but I, I think about my 20s and I really, I, I realize that those were like developmental years for me. You, you learn who you are. Um, you learned uh, you learned a lot about yourself, but you also learned who you're not and what you're what you're not good at and what you should stay away from. Um, it, there's a lot of discipline. There's a lot of battles that you fight. You discover yourself. Um, you know, kind of. You know, you, it, it's maturity, right? And so, um, I always give that advice. Hey, take it day by day. It's all right. There's no need to rush. You know, you see, um, you see. Other people around you, they might have this and they might have that. It's like, hey, just slow down. You're, what, you're 22? You're going to be fine. 
<laughs> you know, and it, and it's so easy to say on this side of it, but it's like it's it's to be honest, like you're gonna be okay. Just it's a day by day. It's a it's one day at a time walking with the Lord. You're gonna be all right. Um, and so the process of maturity is day to day. And so uh, we look at some important people in Scripture, and we don't get to see some of their younger years, but we see that they started ministry. They started a place of authority at at around age thirty. You see it in. And Jesus, Jesus didn't start his ministry until 30. Um, King Saul, King David, John the Baptist, they didn't start any of those, those positions of authority until age 30. And I think I know the answer to that. It's because they developed themselves as, as men who, who walk with the Lord. They, I'm sure they had to work through some things, right? Um, all but Jesus. But they had to work through some things. Um, before, king, before King David was king, he learned how to trust in God. He defended his sheep as a shepherd. He fought off the lions and the bears. Um, and so it's this time where he was developing his craft. He developed his, uh, his musicianship, his worship, his songs um, before the Lord. And then it was, he was able to use it when, uh, when King Saul asked him to play some music uh, because he was tormented, if we remember that. And so those were like the developmental years. So I've, I'm sure we've all heard about the overnight success that took years, right? It's like you hear of someone all of a sudden they, they have a great product or they have a, a great uh, a breakout acting role. It's like, but you actually you don't you miss all the rearview stuff that happened before and all the all the late nights, all the studying, all the hard work, and all of a sudden they're 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 good, they're popular. But that's we understand that's not how it works. And so not everyone's going to achieve all these high accolades. And, you know, I'm talking about actors and actresses and all that stuff, um, all the popular stuff. But I'm not suggesting that's our goal. What I am saying, though, is progress is necessary. Process for progress is necessary. And so it's going to look different for everyone. And so attending church casually, enjoying the worship and the word, is just one level of commitment. And... And I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to say I'm so grateful that for everyone in the room, everyone watching online, I'm glad you're here. I'm honestly, I'm so glad you're in the room. But one can only take so much of that before it becomes dull or boring. Um, that level of commitment will probably become just, uh, it'll become dull, it'll become boring. There is more that we're made to go deeper. There's more that's available in our pursuit with the Lord. There's something to be said about coming to a place of maturity. It's not just time. It's not just the, the progress, of, progress of time. It's time plus friction. Time plus friction. First uh, Peter 1, 5 through 9 says this, and this is really good. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But for those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. It's time plus friction. Passivity breeds staleness. I could probably use a different word other than staleness, but I'm just being nice. Passivity breeds staleness. We have to make an effort to move forward. 
We have to make an effort to move forward. There is this process that we have to engage ourselves with in with the Lord as we walk with him. It's not just the, the, the passage of time, time plus friction. So earlier I mentioned the, the in-betweens, the, the period of time that we don't see. But we do get a glimpse into the life of Daniel. We get a, a moment where it describes something that we're, we don't actually know until it, 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 uh, it's written here in, uh, in verse, in Daniel uh, chapter 6. And so if you know anything about Daniel, uh, I'm sure most of us do. Daniel in the lion's den, we know that story. And so um, he's a high official in, in, the king, in the kingdom of Babylon. And there's other officials that are kind of either jealous of him or uh, they look at him as someone who's restricting uh, their own pros- progress as in the career. And so they, they kindly go to the king and have him sign this decree, this law that no one can pray to any other god except for the king. And so we, we, uh, we catch it up here after it's signed. Daniel, Daniel 6, verse 10, it says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. So it's no accident that Daniel responds to this law being signed to go to his room and pray. He didn't panic. He didn't question things around him. He just went to pray. He didn't write on social media about how, how this country is godless and on its way to hell. He didn't complain. <laughs> he, um, he went to pray three times a day, just like he normally did. He didn't panic. His response was that of a man of faith, a man whose history was God, with God was founded on his dedication to the place of prayer. He was confident because he founded himself firmly in that place. Man, there's something there to be confident in the place of prayer. Um, I remember, um, so I don't know if anyone knows, but Leland Mooring, he's a, he's a worship songwriter, um, written all kinds of songs. We, we've done a couple of them here. Um, but I was fortunate enough to go to this worship conference uh, several years ago, and he was uh, leading worship, and he was speaking. And honestly, he's one of my favorite worship leaders just because you, you see the word of God in him. He's, he's a man of prayer. He's a man of the word. Um, and he was sharing this story how, or he was just sharing how he's, you know, so grateful to be going around the world, just ministering, playing either conferences or concerts, and, um, and that, you know, the, the stage and the lights, that's really attractive, that's really cool, and um, I'm so glad that he's able to do that and being, being used of God. And, but he said this, he said something to the effect of that if by chance he woke up one day and all that was gone, all that was done away with, that he would be more than content to stay just in his small Texas city with just ministering in his church with him and the Lord. And, you know, that's it's like, man, okay, man, this guy loves the Lord. This guy is after the presence of God. That, that is what he's devoted to in his life. Um, and at the time, you know, I was in my early days of just, obviously I was at a worship uh, conference, so I'm just trying to learn. I'm um, uh, to be honest, I did have a, you know, and I still do have a, just a pure heart. I want people to, to experience the presence of the Lord. Um, but something in me, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was caught off guard just a little bit. Um, you know, the idea of being um, in front of a large stage, in front of leading people, in front of, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to travel, doing all these things, that's, that's actually attractive to me. That's something that 
I wouldn't say that that was my motive, but that was definitely a goal that I equated with success. Um, so when he said this, I, I mean, obviously I haven't forgot. It's been like six years. It actually planted a seed in my, in my heart to say, you know what, make it about the Lord. Make it about his presence. Make it about the day-to-day meetings with the Lord. And where, that's where things are changed. That's where maturity is churned up inside of us. Um, and so it served, um, it shifted my thinking. Um, and so I, it reminded me that really in the place of worship, in the place of the presence, that's where maturity is built. That's where the Lord really develops us. But we're also, uh, he, he shifts our thinking. He shifts um, the, the troubles that we worry about. It's there in that place of his presence. And so maturity doesn't simply come with the passage of time. You know, you can just put on an, an episode of Cops and realize that to be true. Um, you know, nothing but immature uh, adults running around from the cops. Um, <laughs> they've grown up, but they haven't grown up. Um, you know, and I'll say this. If you've been attending church, if you've been attending, not, you know, not specifically this church, but if you've just been attending church in general for 10, 15, 20 years, and you're still struggling with the same issues, you're still working off those things that you, when you first got saved, something is going on. Now, I won't say that you're not broken, okay? You're not broken, not at all. It, but it probably, mean, probably means you're ignoring the pulling and the tugging of your heart of the Holy Spirit. You're ignoring the path to maturity. You're ignoring the path to maturity. It's not just sitting in the seat. It's not just attending a, a connect group. Um, not even just coming to prayer. It's, there is this, there's this friction that has to happen. There's this this momentum that you have to uh, propel yourself forward. Spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. Uh, Pastor William McDowell says this about spiritual discipline. He says, spiritual discipline is this. It's repetitious actions driven by spiritual decisions that create new habits, nurture spiritual health, breaks sinful cycles, and create spiritual growth leading to spiritual maturity. I'll say it again. It's repetitious actions driven by spiritual decisions that create new habits, nurture spiritual health, break sinful cycles, and create spiritual growth leading to spiritual maturity. It's almost like you have to do this on purpose. You have to intentionally decide, I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm going to meet with the Lord today. Lord, what do you, what do you have for me today? I know I'm, I'm going through all this stuff today. I know there's a lot happening. Um, you know, I'm not a parent, but like the, the kids are, are, are running wild. Lord, what do you have for me today? It's the day-to-day process of meeting with the Lord that he changes us. It's done on purpose. It's time plus friction. So each day walking in cooperation with the Lord, his word will produce in us a shaped and molded image of who he wants us to be. Number two. To become mature, we must renew our mind. This is, without, without a doubt, probably the most important aspect of change, choosing to think differently. We must decide to pursue God. So with that uh, decision comes forward momentum, propelling us into a proper direction. You know, we recently finished our series on choices. We, we understood there's a, there's a power of the choice. And... Ultimately, the most important uh, decision 
or the choice that we can make is deciding to follow Jesus. And so in that, we cooperate with Jesus. As we take in the word, we're giving a choice to embrace. You know, I read, we read some scriptures tonight. You read your Bible. You can either embrace that as instruction or, or make a shift in your thinking or not. You know, Jesus has a, a, a lot of things that are, that, that are pretty hard to, to receive. Am I going to embrace it or am I just going to ignore it and pass it off? God doesn't make the choice for us. It's up to us. Uh, one of my favorite verses, and I think I, I read this every time, but it's Romans 12 too. Um, it says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. We must give the Holy Spirit access to all that we are. He does the changing. And that's the great thing. All the pressure's off. Um, he does the actual supernatural changing as we just receive his word. As we go into his presence, he does the changing. But it's our yes. It's our surrender that he requires. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There are several ways that we do this. You know, we have to control what's around us. We decide what enters our airspace around us. We decide what shows we watch, what movies we watch, what music we listen to, the conversations that we allow around us. All of that affects our minds. It affects, you know, you kind of just get, you're watching something, you're listening to something, it just gives you a bad vibe. It's like, this is making me feel a little weird. You have, you have control. You can turn it off. You can change it. Um, what are we allowing to influence us? So keeping the word close maintains an atmosphere of godly thoughts in our minds. If we're intent on walking in maturity, we must make it a habit to keep his word near. We must fill our minds with his word. And I talk about this probably every time, but it's necessary. It's a necessary reminder for us. But uh, we're surrounded by outside voices all the time, right? I mean, you open, you open Twitter, which is just a cesspool for, for bad ideas. Um, but you open any social media app, and you're, we're just bombarded with, like, so many ideas that are contrary to the Word of God. And since we're more than likely to take that in than the Word of God, we've got to really watch it. This is what's guiding our thought life. Like, it's dictating how we think and how we feel. Um, it's, it's, it's guiding the trajectory of our life. And so uh, we, we heard on Sunday how um, we, are, we are products of our environment, right? What you, what, how you grew up in, the, the environment, that's, it's, kinda, it's made you who you are. But we're not prisoners of our past, the same is, 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 uh, is true for being around this kind of environment. Like, um, just being in this atmosphere does something to you. It makes you aware of the goodness of God. You're in here. Maybe it's your first time here. And, um, you know, you, you kind of sense something. Okay, this, you know, people are nice. People are, are happy. There's something happening here. Um, when we're introduced to the presence of God, we're then given a choice. You know, it's not just coming in, and I think it's, it's good that you come in, but you were given a choice with what to do with it. So as we take in his word, I don't know how he does it, to be honest. Or, you know, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. 
um, he does something in me that I'm, I'm yearning for more of him. I'm yearning. It's, he gives me the desire to, 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 to yearn after him, to yearn after goodness, to walk a step in step with the Lord. Um, to, we, we read it in Psalms 119 how, Lord, I want, to, I want to, my life to reflect your commands. I want my life to reflect your word. I don't want it to be contrary to it. Um, there's power in the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing does more for us than the word of God. Nothing does more for us than embracing the word of God. We take it in, we come into agreement, and we allow the Lord to work in us. Um, you know, Pastor Omar says this, change is my friend. Why don't you say that? Change is my friend. Um, and one way we start, one way we jumpstart our embrace of change stems from how we view others around us. And so um, I'm going to talk about how, just really quickly, how a sign of maturity is reflected in, is in how we treat other people. How well do you treat the waiters at the restaurants that are serving you? How about this? How, how well do you respond when someone makes a simple mistake? Do you freak out? Do you, do you bash on them? Do you criticize? Um, but it's not just strangers because I think they're actually the, the, most, the, the easiest to actually get along with. Uh, there's, you know, we don't have history. You don't know where they're from. You, know, you can be you know, the friendly, um, the nod of respect, right? We, you know, you're courteous to people. At least I hope so. Um, but it's the people that we're close to, right, that, it, that, you know, where real friction can happen. Um, Jesus makes it very clear how we're to treat others around us. It's actually a command. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 38, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So it's, it's upward. This is the first and greatest command. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. We have to love all others around us. And so I want to give you a simple tool. And I, I, it's been mentioned from the stage a couple times. but Because um, I am fascinated with just interpersonal relationships just on a, a personal level. I, I like watching people, observing, observing how they interact with each other, how um, friends or a married couple, how they communicate. It's just really fascinating to me. Um, but there is one book recommendation. Um, it's a supplemental book that I want you to... Honestly, I recommend that every single person reads this book. And Sorry, I turned off the mic. Um, it's... <laughs> I didn't want you to hear it. So um, it's like Forrest Gump, right? And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, wow, I made a joke on the fly. All right. Um, it is, the book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You can get it for like 10 bucks on Amazon or get the audiobook. Honestly, if, when you read it, you'll begin to identify the biblical principles um, that are just buried inside, just, the, just different steps inside. And it's, this book is not just a knowledge book. It's not like, okay, this is what happens when two people are, are communicating with each other. It actually gives you actionable things that you can do to build, um, to, to make friends, to have... Um, long-lasting friendships, how, how to, honestly, how to talk to people, really, just how to talk to people. Um, it talks about how every person has value. Um, 
one of the one of the things that number one thing is don't criticize people. Yeah. I'm like, how do I how do I not criticize someone? You know, um, I don't have a referral link. I'm not making commission off of this. Um, it's in the link down below on YouTube. Just kidding. Um, I know most pastors, most of our pastors have read this, um, and I just wanted to, to highlight this. I, I know I'm kind of taking a moment, but honestly, it will change the way you view other people around you and how you, how you approach them. Um, it's, it's changed uh, drastically everything, um, a lot about me. I'm, I'm not perfect, but it has, it has helped me. So it is an action book. Number three, really quickly, the last point is to become mature, we must embrace spiritual covering. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this, do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be to your benefit. So there are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. We all need each other, but we all need a spiritual covering. Someone over us, someone who, that we can open up to. Pastors need pastors. Pastors need pastors. So you're not, you're not that special one. You know, you're not the one that, like, this is Jesus reincarnated or coming down. This is it. Uh, pastors need pastors. But, um, so Pastor Omar is the pastor of this church. He's, he's leading us. He's leading this house. But he's only one man. He, only ha- he has the same 24 hours in the day that you do. Um, and so the great thing about what we have at Reach Church is we have connect group leaders. They have been empowered to disciple. They've been empowered to, to give advice, to counsel, to instruct. Um, and as leaders, they're, just, they're called to serve. It's to our benefit that we have the spiritual leadership in our life. Um, Proverbs 19, verse 20, and I can have the, uh, the worship team come up. It uh, says, uh, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Honestly, no one, no one is here to control anyone's life. Um, I think we all have better things to do, to be honest. But there's something about having a spiritual covering over us. Uh, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he commanded that we preach the gospel and make disciples. And so that's our vision here at Reach Church. We reach people with the gospel, restore them through discipleship, and release them into uh, their God-given destiny. And so discipleship is the friction part that I mentioned earlier. There's got to be this maturity. There's got to be this pursuit of maturity, and that's in the discipleship process. Um, we call it life on life, and which is, uh, you know, that is to receive just wise counsel when someone walking alongside of you. So uh, we're to watch, we're to glean, we're to, to kind of listen and heed the advice. Because um, to be honest, there are things in our life that we need to change, and it can be so easy to look at other people, uh, their issues, or their problems, but it takes someone to allow someone to speak into our life, to take godly counsel to the point things in our life that we need to change, to graciously walk alongside of us to make the change possible. Because we all have blind spots, right? We need to allow those to speak into our life. It's for our benefit that we listen. So honestly, we have some great leaders in this house. We really do. People have walked through some things, that have experienced some things, that they can speak from a place of authority and experience. Um, you know, Pastor Omar says this, it's, it's better to learn from instruction than experience. I'd rather learn from their experience in the form of instruction. This is all done and unto maturity. We're to 
progress forward. So as we embrace the process, we'll look back and see how far we've come. I always love seeing people at, at you know, they've been coming to church for a while, they're walking with the Lord, and you just see the hand of God in their lives, and you see, man, how much God has done with them, and, you know, just go up to them, like, man, I, I, I love what the Lord is doing with your life. You, man, remember six months ago, remember a year ago, how the way that you came in? Remember that? Look at you now, like, like what? Um, some of you are supposed to be the next Connect Group leaders. You have to embrace the process. Some of you are supposed to help those who are experiencing the same trauma, perhaps that you've experienced, that perhaps that you've gone through. So embrace the process. Some of you have spiritual gifts, but your lack of maturity doesn't give you the credibility to be trusted. Embrace the process. Some of you are simply supposed to reach your family, and you have to just pray, just pray. Embrace that process of prayer. Embrace the process as we walk with the Lord. I want to see, I mean, my prayer tonight is that we would walk with, like we would make the decision to walk with the Lord, that tomorrow we wake up and say, okay, I know tomorrow is just one day. I know it's just one day, but do something in me. Chisel away at all the, the, the areas that you need to change, Lord. Day, it's a day by day, waiting on the Lord. He'll renew, as we renew our minds, then we can see what the Lord has for us. All right, is that good? Is that good? All right. Why don't we bow our head tonight? Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for your word, Lord. So thankful for what you're doing in this place, in this moment tonight. Um, Lord, I pray that we would be aware of you, that we, Holy Spirit, that we'd be aware of what you're doing in us, the things that you would speak to us. You know, before we do anything tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to extend it to you um, to follow Jesus. Um, we make sure we do this every, uh, every time that we come together. Um, and so I want to let you know that Jesus is in the room. Jesus is here to meet with you. You know, I talked about embracing the process. This is a step in the process of your walk with the Lord. And so if you never accepted Christ in your life, this is, this is part of that process. Uh, maybe someone invited you. Maybe um, you've been coming just a few times or, or what have you. Um, and you've never experienced that. You've never um, in, encountered the Lord. I want to give you that moment right now. See, the, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. We all know that we, we, there's some brokenness inside of us where uh, we don't make the decisions, the right decisions all the time. There's something um, that's missing. So all we have to do is put our faith in Jesus. And that means that we repent of the way that we've been living and make Jesus Lord of our life. We must acknowledge and just and repent of our sin. So I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, you might say, no, Omar, Omar, I've never experienced, I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord. Uh, I've never asked him in my life. Well, the time is now. So whoever you are in this room, wherever you're at, um, whatever, wherever you come from, I want to give you that opportunity. Just say, hey, I want to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter um, the places you've been. The opportunity is, is here. The opportunity is now. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And so I want to give you the opportunity. If, would you just lift your hand? Would you raise your hand? If that's you, if you say, hey, I want to follow Jesus. I want to begin the process of following Jesus tonight. Anyone in this room? Or maybe you've walked with the Lord at some point, and, and you say, you know, I'm not, really, I'm not really serving the Lord. You say, I want to come to him. I want to, I want to have a, a fresh start here tonight. 
would you just lift your hand? Simply lift your hand and say, I, I want to I meet Jesus. I want to repent. I want to have a moment with Jesus. Anyone in the room? Anyone in the room? You're important to wait on. Anyone in the room? Say, I want to I meet Jesus. I want to receive Jesus. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, for the rest of us, um, you can look up at me, but for the rest of us, I've talked about embracing the process of maturity. Um, you know, we're all in a state of development. We're all in, in the process, wherever we are, whether we've uh, been in, in the active um, engaging with the Lord and engaging with maturity or that we've kind of let that settle. We've kind of let that fall by the wayside. We've kind of just like coasted along and we've been coming to church. But wherever you are, we're all in the process of maturity. And so, um, you know, we're never fully going to arrive until we meet Jesus in heaven, but we're all in the process at some point. And so I want to make this, uh, I want to open the altar. I want to make it a moment of reflection, a moment to surrender, a moment to recommit um, discipleship, a moment to recommit uh, maturity with the Lord. So I want you to say yes to Jesus, yes to the Holy Spirit and cooperate. So why don't you come, if that's you, and say, hey, I want to I wanna meet with the Lord. Or maybe the message it's, has nothing to do with the message. Just make this an opportunity to meet with the Holy Spirit. Just come, meet with the Lord. Come on, let's pray, let's pray, let's, let's pray. Let's pray tonight. However that looks for you, let's meet with the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.